Hello, my Thompson, this is <laughs> the voice of Yoda I am in many Star Wars audiobooks. Do you or do not listen to Utini? You are listening to The Living Force, a Utini podcast. Oh, it's beautiful. Episode 10, Starship Celebration Spectacular. Admiral, this is Blue Leader standing by. This is Gold Leader standing by. This is Red Leader standing by. This week, initial thoughts on Alphabet Squadron. Rebellions built on hope. Other books about starships and pilots, and which Star Wars characters would make up the best squadron. Blue Squadron on me! Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Helton. Oh, Lyra. Troublesome as ever. Eric Eilerson. Be careful not to choke on your aspirations. And Dr. Charles Henkel. And there's a fresh one if you mouth off again. I, I now have like three more months to save for celebration than I thought though, because I was seriously expecting like April or May. Yeah, it's August. Yeah. So and you have an entire summer to save more money. I know. I've already briefed all my uh, coworkers. I've been like, listen, I will do anything if you will trade to get me the five days off I need to go to this thing. Like, I will take Christmas and Thanksgiving both years if I have to to get it. But yep. we have, I think we get, like, I don't know what your leave schedule looks like, Charles, but I get, like, 17 days of leave, so. I get, like, weekends not counting, I get two weeks, but then we also are guaranteed five days for Christmas or uh, New Year's. So, yeah. Man, this freelance life, I get any day off I want, and I just don't make money on them. Eric, well, last time for it's... celebration, you last minute had to sell your tickets because you randomly got a job. All right, that's not true. At I all. know. It, I I chose to take that job though. I could have decided not yeah, because to, you was... needed money. <laughs> There's the rub. <laughs> but you know what else I need, guys? I need episode ten of the Living Force podcast. We are officially out of titles. Yes. Um, This could be the Rogue One episode, though. Matt, make this the Rogue One episode. That's my favorite one, so this is going to be the best episode. Yeah. So this is our Rogue One episode. It technically should go between episodes three and four, but here we are anyway. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and I am here with two phenomenal dudes who have been waiting for an hour for me to get done with my life so we can record this thing. Number one. Dr. Corey Helton. What's up? What up, what up, what up? And Dr. Charles Hankel. Hello, gentlemen. How we doing? Hello. Doing great, man. I can't believe we're at 10 episodes, guys. I can't believe it, and I can't believe we're back to just us. Yeah. Yeah. The past two weeks, we've had Kevin Scott, Mark Thompson, and now it's three guys from the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Way less interesting. I can't believe we pulled off those interviews, and those were super, super fun. Like, like both of both of those guys were so cool to talk to, and I'm really glad we got to do that. That was awesome. It was yeah. so much fun. So an- another huge thank you to both Kevin and Mark. They're, they're the last two episodes in our feed. If you happen to be a new listener, welcome. Uh, check those out for some info on Dooku Jedi Lost, which the both of them worked on, and Mark's voice acting career, Kevin's writing career, um, and a couple project luminous hints i think so we're kind of dropped i think so i don't think we should talk about them like specifically because we don't want to accidentally figure it out and then you know get in trouble but there were some like legit i think strong hints in those episodes if you were paying attention yeah so that was a blast and if you are new which you might be because dudes 
This was a crazy week for us <laughs> in the Living Forest world because at the time of recording, this last week, at some point, we had 98 Twitter followers. And I was like, you know what? I like three digits. I'd love to get to 100. So That'd most, be fun. most cliche thing you've ever done, Eric. It is, but you know what's awesome about cliches? They're cliches for a reason. That's right. Because I sent out a tweet saying I would love if we could get 100 followers by our next recording. And within three hours, we were at 155. It's pretty good like, just for a, like a random, hey, come follow us, you know. Yeah. So Sometimes all you got to do is ask. That's it. And if you're one of those people, thank you so much. We're currently at 176, which is absolutely incredible. Um, and we honestly have to give – a huge, huge shout out to Lacey Gillerin from the Resistance broadcast. Um, she kind of took that tweet, retweeted it to their audience, which is huge. If you guys haven't listened to the Resistance broadcast before, do it. They're hilarious. They got a bunch of great ideas. And they are on Twitter at Lacey Gillerin and at RB at SWNN. Um, but also, if you're listening to this, you, you probably listen to them. Like they, they have quite a big. Is that is that Star Wars Newsnet? Is that what that is? I think so. Yeah. Oh, I wonder. I have not, yeah, they're part of that. I don't know. I don't know those individuals, so I have to check them out. We should. Uh, yeah. I feel another collaboration in the works. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, hey, Lacey, if you're listening, thank you, thank you again, and let's talk about it. That'd be a blast. Yes. Ad- additionally, I'm going to send a thank you to uh, As One in the Force, which is the name of both the person and the Twitter handle at As One in the Force. They were another huge reason that we got a bunch of followers, and they're an awesome positive force on Twitter for Star Wars. I mean, they are good at promoing a lot of people that have great ideas, have great vibes. So we were, I was frankly kind of shocked and honored that they chose us to promote as well. And finally to Star Wars Diehards, which is at Star Wars DH. I mean, they, they picked it up. Guys, it was a great day. It was. I'm still kind of reeling from the, was. the fact I, that people it, wanted it, to. It feels, it feels so stupid to get excited about a couple of Twitter, a, a few Twitter followers, but it really is a big deal when you're trying to grow and you're trying to get into this for the first time. We're like breaking into the Star Wars podcasting community. So, yeah. I mean, to see people that are willing to help us out is it means a lot. And you know, I think that we have something fun to bring to the table with with the show, and it's awesome to hear that we have supporters out there that are you know getting into it. Also, it's fun. Yeah, and I think the yeah. other thing is like. I mean, I, I just had, like, the longest conversation I've ever had with Corey while we were waiting uh, for Eric. But, like, <laughs> really, like, you guys are, are close friends of mine now. And this, like, the Living Force and Utini before that really has become my family. And I want this to be a platform for other people to, to just listen in every week and feel like they're just talking with friends or family as well. Absolutely. Let's grow the family. Oh. Yeah. Please. God. This is a good start, guys. I'm really happy about it. I'm feeling real sappy. This is going to be a great I episode. See that. <laughs> if you start crying, we're going to have to call it calling down, man. Exactly. It's going to be, well, hey, it's the Rogue One episode, That's so if true. we're going to cry, this is the one to do it. We're at the <laughs> end of it, we're going to kill you. Oh. So just wait for that, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we, we do have a really cool show for you uh, today. As we've said in our past two weeks, we did not talk about Alphabet Squadron, those two episodes. It's been out for a couple weeks now. This episode, we're going to give some brief, non-spoiler thoughts about that. And then kind of go down the garden path of books about starships, our favorite stories, and then we got a game that I am really excited about that we are going to do because we haven't played a game on here yet, really, yeah. with each other. We're going to try that out, and maybe it'll be horrible. Maybe we'll fail. Maybe. And won't that be fun? Some of, our new Twitter, some of our new Twitter followers were um, chanting like this was a gladiatorial arena, though. They want two of us <laughs> to perish and one to walk away victorious. 
Well, you'll just have to keep listening to see if that happens. Who will win? But before we get to that, it wasn't the biggest week in Star Wars book news. Um, I mean, obviously the alphabet release is still, uh, we're still kind of in the afterlight of that. But we did have one really awesome bit of news that dropped today at the time of recording, which will date us as to how long we record. We got the Thrawn Treason San Diego Comic-Con exclusive cover today. Mm-hmm. And I want your guys' thoughts. What do you think? It, I think it matches the other covers, which is interesting. Like the color scheme is really dark and black. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't think I've ever noticed that happening before with the special edition covers. Well, they'll kind of fit a theme. But yeah, that's a good point. They kind of do. The color yeah. schemes do. A couple of things jumped out to me, and I, and I only looked at at it when it first came out but one Thrawn on a throne I mean or that's kind of like how it comes off which is awesome the Thrawn throne the, the throne, throne, of throne. throne the, the <laughs> throne of Thrawn that is going to be the next series um, two I mean the straight army of Chiss behind him because yeah. obviously at the end of the last novel we we were kind of getting a peek into some of the Chiss culture now I, what I thought was weird was it looked like they were all wearing white um, similar to his like Grand Admiral uniform at least yeah, at first I, glance. I agree. So that's like an imperial uh, outfit, obviously. So I thought that was yeah. interesting. I just I yeah. just finished my uh, my wife and I just finished our uh, rewatch of Rebels. She's never seen it before. Um, so you know, Thrawn's obviously a big character in the show and everything. So it'll be interesting to see where how all this fits together. Because if I understand correctly, the previous book took place between the third and fourth season of Rebels, and I'm assuming that this one is going to take place before the f- final season of Rebels also. Do you guys know? Uh, I don't think anything's been confirmed about that as far okay. as we know. Again, if we're wrong, tweet at us. <clears throat> Yell at us. Tell us we're incorrect. We would love it. But I, I do believe it. they're keeping pretty much everything under wraps about this book yeah, that they can. I'm sure they are. I, I'm, I I'm very curious to see if they're going to tie up some of the loose ends with Thrawn. Like, because of rebels, I mean, uh-huh. he's, right. he's been. I mean, they, there are big implications for canon with this book in general. So, yeah, um, that's what I was going to say. Is I wonder if they would tie up what happened at the end of Rebels, which I won't say. For what would they do that in this book? I don't know if they would, but I hope either. so. Like, do we get that jump ahead? Of, is that the epilogue? You know, because I'd be <laughs> down surely again. Not, no spoilers, not. but whew. Um, but if you want to find out with us. Check out Thrawn Treason when it comes out July 23rd. We will definitely be talking about it in August on this podcast. We'll have our review out on Utini. And friend of the show, Mark Thompson, will be doing the audiobook. So be sure to check out Mark's work. But now moving on to a more recent release, Alphabet Squadron, which if you are a fan of the show, you know that we love to digest each new canon release in two-part episodes. Uh, that is not what this week is. That is going to be a couple episodes down the line because we like to give 30 days for everyone to read the book from release. But I thought, guys, it's been too long. I am chomping at the bit to talk about this book. Let's do some very basic, non-spoiler initial thoughts. So I'll start with you, Corey. If you want to just sum up your thoughts on Alphabet Squadron so far, what do you think? How far in you? How how far in, how far in are you? Thank you. And sure. what are you thinking? Oh. <laughs> so I I've did something very sort of odd and, and unique with this book. This is the first time I've ever done this with the Star Wars book is I read uh, over half of it, and then I stopped and started it over. I've never done that with the Star Wars book ever. And 
The reason I did that is I did not enjoy the first time I was reading it. It was just really, I was having a lot of trouble getting through it. It was very, it's very dense. Alexander Fried is a very technical writer and I'm like super ADD and Alexander Fried drops a lot of names. and It was really hard for me to follow. Um, after uh, Del Rey came out and posted that those posters, like that sort of marketing build up to the, the book mm-hmm. date with the characters, the four main characters in it, um, I had faces to actually go with the names. And I was like, I thought that that might affect my my reading and understanding what was happening. And, and you know, I was sort of negative about it a little bit, at least to you guys. And, and, and Eric, you had been reading it already. And our team had got the book at that point. Um, and they were loving it. And I'm just like, well, I think I clearly missed something. So let me see if I'm too ADD for this crap and start it over. And it's, it is better the second time, I will say. Um, I think this book might just be one of those – we were talking about this earlier. It might be one of those sort of controversial books in, in canon that I think not everyone is going to love. If you really like the technical stuff, I think you'll love it. It just takes a little while to get going and you know, it's a little tedious at first. And I think there, there's definitely going to be moments in which – it's going to feel like a heavier Star Wars novel, I think, than mm-hmm. than other stuff. And we just came out of Claudia Gray works and Dooku Jedi Lost, which were both very easily digestible, I think, by a larger Star Wars audience. So I think that transition might have something to do with my interpretation of it. But I won't say I hate it. I haven't finished it yet, so I'm not going to say I dislike it. Um I don't think I would say it was my it's my favorite uh, so far, but I don't think it's I don't I don't think it would fall under the category of bad. Like if we gave it as a company less than like a six or a five, I would I would be concerned. I don't think that's going to happen. Totally, Charles. Thoughts? Agree? Disagree? Vehement anger? <laughs> well, so just to talk about something that you just said, Corey, I think that what you've read right before jumping into a new book has a huge impact on what you think about it. And if you came to read it at a different point in time, you may have a very different opinion about it. For me, though, what formed more of my experience thus far is that you two have the advanced copies. And so I felt like when I got my hands on it, I wanted to play catch up. So while I agree, Corey, that it is sort of slow to start and it is a little bit dense at times, just that's Freed's writing style. I really blew through the beginning of it very quickly. After I got through maybe the first third, I was really, really hooked. And with that being said, I should say that I have not finished the book yet. I I still have about 80 pages. I really would love to finish it. I've just been so incredibly busy. And now we're doing stuff like this that I have not had a chance to pick it up. But I really, every time I've put it down, I have not been able to stop thinking about it. I'm very invested in the characters. I think that that's something that's done really well in Alphabet Squadron and I really want to know how it's going to turn out and I think that by the time I do end up finishing it given that this is going to be a trilogy that I am going to be really sad waiting around for the second installment totally I freaking love this book y'all like I I'm so I know you do I'm so shocked to hear that I mean it's just like we often disagree like vehemently which is amazing which is the perfect dynamic you want on a show is like people that are not just they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, no, yeah, you're right. No, yeah, you're great. right. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, like, it's good that we disagree. And, like, I guess it makes sense because I didn't like it and you loved it. So, I'm just – I am surprised, though, yeah, for some no, reason. I mean, for, for me, for my track record of books, because I did not care for Twilight Company. Um, that's one of the only Star Wars books. I also kind of stopped. It got a little too technical for me, which is also by Alexander Freed, uh, if you haven't read it yet. 
so I was a little hesitant about this book when I first got it, but it is when I when I closed the back cover, I thought this might be my favorite canon book. Uh, it itches the wow. Yeah. that's high praise. I know, and and I I still don't know. Like again, it's recency bias. I know that I'm gonna let it sit for a while to see up with the staying power that it has. But it scratches the aftermath itch that I didn't realize I needed again because I, as you guys know, as I've said on this show, I love that trilogy a lot, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this gave me a new team of new characters, and it was very character based. Uh, one of the critiques that I wrote about in our review of Alphabet Squadron that is on up on utini.com right now, if you want to check that out, was that a lot of team members didn't like the plot a lot. They thought it was slow. Thought not a lot happened, and. While I can see that, for me, I loved that this is such a character-driven book. I got to know every single one of the pilots, as I'm also going through a huge reemergence of love for Starship pilots recently. Um, I got to know where they came from, what they wanted, what their relationship to each person was, how that evolved, the depth of their hopes, the depth of their losses, and all these different things, because Freed really took his time to introduce me to every one of them individually and then as a unit. And I just couldn't put it down. I, I wanted to know what was going to happen to my friends at a point. You know what I mean? Um, Will yeah. Lark is one of my favorite characters in recent memory. And again, without any kind of spoilers, the last... God, I mean, Charles, right about where you are, the last 80 or 100 pages or so, I'm, I think mm-hmm. I read in a night. Because I just... Wow. It, it, it really just catapulted. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. I'm right at like a tipping point. Yeah. I can tell things are finally starting to pick up. Uh-huh. But I'm on page like 250 or something. Uh-huh. So I'm a long ways into the book, and it, like it does take some time to get going. Yeah, and it's interesting too because Corey, you said that you had a first time Star Wars experience with starting the book over halfway through. I had a, a unique experience too because the second that I finished the book, I turned on the audio book and started over and did it that way. Yeah. Which, I did that with Master and Apprentice, remember? Yeah, that's right. It's so fascinating because it is. I'm not an audiobook guy usually. I get very distracted, so I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss these story points. But because I had just read it, I really loved that because I could let myself get lost in the performance. I could get lost in the production. And even if I get distracted, I have enough recent memory of the book to kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you haven't done that ever for a Star Wars book – do it. Do it. It's there are cues, there are cues in the audiobook too. Like I I've told a bunch of people about this, so I can't remember if I've said this on the show or not. But major spoiler alert, if you haven't read Master and Apprentice, listen, do not listen to the next couple of minutes. I'm about to ruin the book for you. Like for real. So in the audiobook, when you get to uh, uh what's the prince Lent Fanry Fanry. The first time we get inside of Fanry's head in the audiobook, it silently plays in the background the evil emperor music. And oh, like, really? Yes. So I had already read it. And my wife is listening. I'm just like, oh! I can't say anything, right? Because <laughs> right. Like, this evil music is like slowly playing. And like she's kind of angry in the scenes. It fits a little bit, I guess. But I totally noticed it. And there are little cues like that in the audiobooks that, that have a cool cinematic effect on your you know, interpretation of the book. So. Yeah. Now, I got, I got to ask, guys, I just had this thought now looking at us in this call, because we do, we even though we re- release these in audio, we do have video calls while we're doing these. I'm looking at us, and I'm wondering if the three of us are in a squadron, and we can mm-hmm. only have, we can each only have one ship, right? We can't all be X-Wings, can't be all whatever. Who's flying what in our alphabet squadron? We each have to have a different ship. We each have to have a different ship. 
We should mm. assign each other's shit. Ooh, okay, yeah, I like that. I agree, because you'll just pick your own, like your favorite. Right. What would Eric be? You know, Eric, you brought this up. You said that Will is your favorite character. I feel like the way Will acts is similar to the way that you act. You're very accepting of literally everybody you meet, everyone where they're at. And so I feel like I have this strong bias to throw you in an A-wing. And it really has very That's little to do really... with the fighter and more to do with the fact that you embody some of the same qualities as well. Like, that being said, I'm very aware that you have an X-wing tattooed on your body. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is true. But, know. dude, I, I, that is... That's the best compliment I've gotten in weeks. So I'll take <laughs> yeah, I that. would I would agree with you. I would put Eric in an A wing. All right, I'm I'm zipping around. I'm I'm kind of scouting and watching out. All right, I'm, I'm the A wing. I'll accept that. That'll be my next tattoo. I have I have another arm, so I'll have to do that. Putting the A in Eric. Yeah, you were so close. Yeah, we're doing wait so for well. It. Wait for it. The only reason Corey didn't laugh is because he was in the middle of taking a sip of his drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so Charles, let's do Charles. What are we thinking, Corey? Charles strikes me as a real classic kind of guy. He's an X-wing th- through and through and through, man. I was thinking X or Y-wing, but I'm also Ooh, a Y-wing, right? Oh, maybe maybe he is a Y-wing because I'm Y-wing. like because you're you're dependable and you're like you're always the if someone's in trouble and they need to call in someone like you're there. And I feel like to me that's like the, the Y-wing squadrons. When they come in, you're like, I need a big help. Uh, we're gonna watch your back, and you're just gonna save the day and make it all okay. Yeah. So I think I'm putting you in a Y-wing. Yeah, I think that I'll I, take the, it. The, the Y-wings are also like, like they're sometimes like the heroes sort of in the background. Like you always underestimate the ship because it's like, like it's a Y-wing. Like it's a bomber. Like you don't expect it to be in that in the you know uh, mm-hmm. in the action. So I think that's people don't think about one Y-wing made it home from the trench run. There that's was true. one yeah. Y-wing. So yeah. I I I'll take it. All right, our fearless leader Corey, Corey. Eric. What are your thoughts? I mean, I I have two thoughts about this. I'm gonna give us two options, and I mean they're very yeah. obvious: an, an X-wing and a B-wing. And those two happen to be the only ones left. Right, exactly. And that's why there's two Okay, options. no, no, there's a, there's a U-wing, right. which I don't really there's understand why it's in Alphabet Squadron in the first place. It's a troop transport ship. I'm not going to give you a U-wing. Um, yeah, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but I don't I, want that. I, I feel like there could be a B-wing, but purely be based on Karth and our RPG, when you just go nuts and blow everything up. <laughs> or like when something goes wrong on the website and you're like, I'm going to rage and fix it. It's like a B-wing <laughs> just like just demolishing a, a fleet. Yes. But also, you have that kind of classic leadership role of an X-Wing. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going to come at it is from that angle is, I mean, look at obviously like Rogue Squadron through the movies and through the books. And then look at with Alphabet Squadron, we still have an X-Wing who is like the leader. And Corey, if you're anything, sir, you are the leader of Utini. You are the spearhead of the operation. So I'd throw you in an X-Wing any day. Yep. I'll take it. I think you're an X-Wing. It's a pretty a decent game. squad. Yeah. I think, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. I don't know. This is a, we should do these games more often. <laughs> it feels really good. <laughs> That's not the game, though, right? That no, no. We game. have a, the That's second half the of game. this show is okay. this game 
that is going to be, I assume, hotly debatable, which is going to be incredibly fun for us. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a good thing that we're recording remotely, that we're not in the same location, or hands would be thrown. Exactly. <laughs> Before we jump into that, though, let's just have a few closing thoughts about Alphabet Squadron. Like it's out now; you can buy it on Amazon. Get it through mm-hmm. Utini.com. We'll get a little bit of a kickback from that, so we can continue bringing you guys awesome content um let us know what you think about it jump in the discord and tell us about it we have a special channel for for alphabet squadron itself so you can get in there and um talk about things while you're reading it uh we'd love to hear what you think if you think it's as controversial as i do uh or you love it as much as eric does and charles i'm not sure where you're at yet i think you're i think we need to wait till you're finished yeah yeah the jury is out right now so (laughs) Yeah. These last 80 pages will decide it all. Yeah, let us know. And if you want to get the, the Elephant Squadron tattoo with me, hit me up at Celebration. We'll do it. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you did like Alphabet Squadron or if you wanted a little more kind of classic Starship stories than you got in Alphabet Squadron, I assume you could try out the Legends X-Wing series. And I wanted to touch on that real quick because – a lot of the reviews of Alphabet Squadron, ours aside, which again is up on utini.com right now, talked about the comparison between Alphabet Squadron and the old X-Wing series from Legends. And Charles, I know you've just recently been diving into that series. You've kind of been mm-hmm. demolishing it whenever you've gotten a chance. So given that you're most of the way through Alphabet, I wanted just to ask you, is there is that a fair comparison or are they two separate things? And if they are, why should people jump into the x-wing books now of all times it's a great question and it's a it's a yes and no answer like they are so many times of is it something that you'll enjoy if you enjoy alphabet squadron so obviously you have with the broad strokes it's a similar type story of a a squadron coming together and essentially having to perform some very important tasks so in the x-wing series what it is is basically wedge antilles forming a new rogue squadron after everything that you see Rogue Squadron do in the movies, in the original trilogy. So he is the commander. He brings on a crew of people that you will not know. So it is sort of similar to Alphabet Squadron in that respect, where you're coming in and you really don't know many people. And actually, from that standpoint, they throw a ton of characters at you too. So it is very complicated as well. But it is very different in a lot of ways too. And a couple of those things are that one, it is more of an older style of writing. And what I mean by that is the characters in a lot of ways don't really have weaknesses that we're used to seeing. In in more modern stories, you see characters that are very relatable and that have a, a large flaw that is going to be a big part of the story. The X-Wing series is literally just about the most perfect people of all time who <laughs> It's like who G.I. Assemble. Joe. Yeah, it's just like they're all like too squeaky clean. You so know what I mean? Like, like, it's kind of like reading a Marvel comic versus reading a DC comic. Yes. Like it's golden age superheroes versus like Peter Parker's sad sometimes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It is that. And I will say that what it does – a lot better than what I've read so far in Alphabet Squadron is it really does make you feel more like you're in the cockpit of the ship. They, Ooh. the the authors, yeah, and that's that might be interesting to people that haven't read them, but for clarification, I've only read Michael Stackpole's 
books so far in the series because he wrote half of it and then it actually switched to a different author. I think it was Aaron Alston mm-hmm. wrote the other half. And yeah. it's actually two separate story arcs. So it's always Wedge Antilles, but the first arc with Stackpole has to do with Rogue Squadron. And then Wedge goes on and makes a new squadron called Wraith Squadron. That's the other half of the series. So I'm only familiar with Stackpole stuff, but he goes out of his way to really make you understand the little idiosyncrasies of the ships that they're flying. Like one of my favorite details came out of Rogue Squadron, which was the first book in the series, where Wedge tells the pilots in his squadron to not dial back their inertial compensators all the way to zero, meaning that when they're flying their ship, even in zero gravity, they'll still be able to feel a little bit of what their ship is doing. Like they're not just like seeing it like it was on a screen in front of them. Like they're one with the ship, if that makes sense. And it's little things like that that he throws in that really make you understand more of what the pilot is experiencing, which I think is is really cool. I mean, that sounds awesome. And honestly, dude, I, I forgot. I'm looking at the first book, Rogue Squadron, on my shelf next to me right now. Yeah. I think I'm just going to start that tomorrow. I had this whole plan for my reading order. I'm just going to do that because of what you just said. You, well, you should. The, the X-Wing series is – it's like one of those older series that like – like to have a slightly negative thing to say. It's one of those It's one of those series that like the Legends purist are obsessed with. Yes. Yeah. Because it is – so old school legends like it's it's as old school legends as heir to the empire is i mean it feels like star wars legends like hardcore i mean it definitely does the way the characters are developed the story they tell like the way their idiosyncrasies about them being sort of gi joe characters they're heroes and perfect and flawless and they don't make mistakes and you know it feels like you're watching a 90s cartoon it does because that's what that's what legends was at that time and yeah it's a feel-good um, story. Good. You'll walk away feeling good. Like, it, it, you yeah. know, you expect your heroes to win, obviously. But each one is that, that I've read so far, and, and to be clear, I've read Rogue Squadron. The second one is Wedge's Gamble. The third one is The Kratos Trap. And the fourth one is uh, The Back to War. And that's the one that I'm actually still finishing up right now. But um, each one it has a very distinct feel. Rogue Squadron is very much about just a classic like a war story like a unit that has a mission very much like alphabet squadron Mm -hmm. the next ones they all kind of have their own thing like there's one where there's a big like court case and you actually like really closely follow this court case and it's like a crime novel more and they each have their little small themes like that but they're so they're wrapped up so well i'm assuming that alexander freed is going to wrap up alphabet squadron really well he mm-hmm. certainly set things up for all the dominoes to fall, but Stackpole was a master of pulling everything together in the final pages. And when you finish one of the books, you will run to go pick up the next one because mm-hmm. they are often cliffhangers and something really, really huge happens in those last three pages. And yeah. it's such a great payoff. Man, I love that. Like, it's I something... mean, it sounds super dope. It, it is. It, it, you get a different experience that we we have not listen anybody if you're a if you're a canon reader right now and you have not really dived into legends like the x-wing series can give you a super unique experience that we literally have not had the opportunity to have yet in canon which is a long series like there are a few old school uh, legend stuff that were really long series books you have the new jedi order which is like 19 books it was insane you had the x-wing series which i think is 10 or 11 I think it's, yeah. it's ten. It's okay, 10. you have the legacy series, which is nine. You have the uh, 
uh, what's the the one after the Legacy? Fate series? of the Jedi. Yeah, the Fate of the Jedi series, which is I think seven or eight. Like we just didn't get, we don't have any long series in new mm-hmm. canon yet, and that was as a kid, that was my favorite thing to read. Like when I got into Star Wars books, was those books that like, like it's like you said, you rush out to buy the next book because you know the characters. It's just like watching a multi episode or multi season TV show. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's so long yeah. and it just like, it's great. It's well, great. Well, that's so what I, not, yeah, I was sorry, saying, that, that's what I thought was so cool about. Um, finishing Alphabet and how I felt with Aftermath is that th- those are the only real well I guess in the end the Thrawn trilogy is ending this, this summer um, but they're not connected extent. the Thrawn trilogy is not really connected right it's just the, the characters but like mm-hmm. Aftermath was literally like three giant movies with the same cast and Alphabet yeah. Squadron promises mm-hmm. to be the same so stuff like the old X-Wing books and things like you were saying is unique and should be celebrated and if you want to go check those out we actually have uh, look back reviews on the first two books, Rogue Squadron and Wedge's Gamble, that Jeremy from our team wrote up that are on the site right now. And again, if you want any of those books, it would super help us out if you go over to utini.com, look for the book's profile. You can check out our little info that we've put together on it. And there is an Amazon link there. If you click on it, we get a few cents to help us keep bringing this stuff to you. And tell us what you think about them, especially if we're wrong. Because, guys, I cannot wait. For people to tweet at us and email us and be like, "Are you insane?" I no, I want, <laughs> I want, I want to be, I want to be shit upon. Yes, please, <laughs> please. Time out, time out, time out. Not like a weird fetish way. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, like, I want someone to argue Corey, with me hardcore. We live, we live in the world of ten second sound bites, and you choose to say the sentence, "I want to be shit upon." <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? I, I hey, may have mis- misjudged I'm not, this. I'm not going to shame anyone for what they want, especially on this podcast. That oh is part of the force. <laughs> okay, Will. <laughs> I love you for what you are, and I'll tell my ship about it later. <laughs> Getting back to the show. Yes, I want someone to just, like, like what's the <laughs> – do you remember, you remember we were playing the Star Wars RPG, and – and Matt, uh, our GM, he kept saying Telos, calling the planet Telos, yeah. and I was like, "It's Telos." And you sent that actually meme in our in our chat, and we could not stop laughing for like like literally like fifteen minutes. There's that 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 huge neck beard guy, yep. and he's like, Wait, "Actually, <laughs> oh my god, please uh, do that, please do that to us. Tell us how wrong we are." We did have yes. that one time. Oh, we had it. They the the person about the Kyber crystals. Yeah, remember? but it was so polite. It was polite. Well, and no, we, and we genuinely need to be corrected. Like, that's, yeah. we're happy to hear that kind of feedback. Love it. Yeah. <sighs> well, <laughs> if, <laughs> we'll go over this again at the end. If you want to send us some corrections, tweet at us at LivingForcePod. <laughs> throw it up on our Discord. Email us at LivingForcePod at gmail.com. <laughs> And I think we need to take a No, it's not livingforcepod at gmail.com. It's livingforcepod at utini.com. utini.com, whatever it is. Don't don't give them the wrong email. (laughs) Jesus. Now I got to go back and listen. Eric's been saying Gmail every week. (laughs) No, I read off. No no wonder we haven't gotten any emails. I'm shooting from the hip here. (laughs) If I have it written down, it's right. And you know what? I'm going to recalibrate myself. I'm going to go to my cockpit. I'm going to talk to my engine about how much I love its soul. And we're going to take a quick break to hear from a Utini member. <laughs> Let's go. Hello there. I'm Sage Goodwin. 
part of uh, Team Utini and host of the Star Wars Battlefront podcast. I help out with some of the bumpers and some of the ideas at Utini, but mostly it's podcast stuff. So growing up, I was a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the Star Wars books. One of my favorite series, pro- probably my favorite series, is the Galaxy of Fear books. Those ones really helped me get into reading. At a young age, I was reading those. The the story of those really, really intrigued me. But alongside the books, I was a big fan of the video game. Still am. I do a podcast on it, uh, Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Been doing that for, uh, it'll be four years this year. But this is a story in 2005. My cousins had the Star Wars game. We go, we, we go over there and visit. We stay like a week. They say, hey, we've got the Star Wars game. It's called Star Wars Battlefront. Have you ever played it? I'm like, no, not played it. I'm around seven or eight at this point. Like, no, I've never heard of this game before. My previous experience was growing up on the GameCube, playing the Lego Star Wars games and then the, the remakes for like Revenge of the Sith and Rogue Squadron. But they say, hey, we've got the Star Wars game. Let's play it. I'm like, yes, totally. I definitely want to play this game. Did you say Star Wars? I'm sold. Pop it in. And oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was mind-blowing. Never had I played a, a game like Battlefront. Usually it's just those, those one-off games. Those, uh, mostly it was the Starfighter games like Rogue Squadron and then the Lego Star Wars games. So they, they introduced us to that. And my mind is just blown. We say up. Night after night, waking up super early in the morning, staying up super late, playing this Star Wars game. And that really got me into the world of Star Wars video games even further than uh, the Lego Star Wars games did. So every time we go over there, or any time they visit us, we crack open our original PlayStation 2 with Battlefront 2, put it on the old CRT TV, and play deep into the night. And we're back, and I mean, guys, that clip, 1 to 10, maybe an 11? Stop doing that. We never get to listen to it. <laughs> it's the Rogue One episode. We got to just feel it. They record it separately for the listeners out there. We have no idea what happens. Eric just pretends like we get to listen to I it. I believe every in them. Week. I just believe in them. Oh, God. <laughs> but we are back, and it is time for our first ever Living Force podcast game segment. Now, in honor of Alphabet Squadron, I gave Corey and Charles a little homework assignment for this episode. We are going to make up our own Dream Team Squadrons. Now, this is a leader and four other pilots, and this can be any era. You're putting together who you think would be the most effective strike team, and we are going to go around. We're going to go one by one. So I'll give a leader. Charles gives a leader. Corey gets a leader. Then we go two, three, etc. And guys, I kind of just want to argue about it. I want us to to say why it sucks, why, oh my god, I should have thought of that, uh, and I'm just excited to see where it goes. So, Did you guys both name your squadrons, too? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, so should we do that first? Let's, let's say, yes. let's go around and give our names. So okay. All right. I'm gonna, I want to go first, because my name is going to okay. be super obvious to some people that know me. Uh, I got Molotor Squadron. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to uh. say Doo Doo Squadron. <laughs> <laughs> no, Molotor. That... For those that don't know, in our Star Wars RPG that we used to play, we uh, we flew a YT 2400, and I named it the Molotor after the Alderanian mammal 
that's on the Jarek table in the Falcon. So the Molitor Squadron are my folks. Uh, let's see. I, I Charles, really, what do you got? I appreciate that answer. Um, I thought about doing something, you know, like I, I feel like a lot of times it is like an animal name or something. You know, what did, what did we have in our RPG 2? Bantha uh, Squadron. We, Bantha Squadron, right. Okay. So I thought about like, oh, what about like Lothcat Squadron? You know, something like that. But mm-hmm. I feel like squadron names need to be short, sweet, to the point. My squadron's name is Saber Squadron, Ooh. named because they will slice through the galaxy and their enemies with the ease of a lightsaber through Ponda Baba's forearm. <laughs> mm. I love it, it and works. I hope that's all written on the side of every single fighter, that full tagline. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just like, just like Ponda Baba, that's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we have Maltro Squadron, we got Saber Squadron, Corey. Okay, I went I went super cliche and classic, but I think it fits my squadron. I have Victory Squadron. Ooh, okay. okay. You're just calling your shot. Do what? You're calling your shot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, and and if they don't win, then uh, the ships aren't around to discover the wreckage anyway. So that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, I want to start Molitor Leader. This was actually super hard for me. Because I was like, okay, who has leadership qualities but can also be a great flyer? And of all the eras, right? Of all the mediums, legends, everything. And I picked leading Molotar Squadron in a B-Wing, Harris and Dula. Ooh. Oh, wow. B-Wing. In her B-Wing from Rebels. Okay. In that episode, is that a B-Wing specifically that she's flying? Like, is that yeah, like that's the, the, spe- first, the special? That's the first B-Wing. Okay, that that, that that was the whole point of that, right? Yes. That was the introduction of the B wing. Okay, yep, it's okay. her flying I, I that B wing. She's my leader. Yeah. I think I think she's given commands. <clears throat> she already led Phoenix Squadron like a total badass. Uh, and an alphabet, I, I'll take her at either the Rebels age or at Alphabet age. I think she's just got a good head on her soldiers, and I trust her with my squad. Hmm. Harrison, you know, I want to hate. I want to hate that answer. Weirdly, enough, I never even thought of Hera. But that is a great answer. Like, I want to roll my sleeves up and say something bad about it, but gosh darn it, I respect it. (laughs) All right, well. I I have nothing negative to say about that at all. Hell yeah. But the B-Wing is interesting. But the B-Wing, that is an interesting choice. Okay, I can argue with that. That's a terrible ship to lose. Why is it terrible? (laughs) It's slow and bulky and dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well done. No, I think she's going to give her order. She's not as fast. So I don't think she's a first striker, but she's going to be the heavy artillery. She can lead kind of from the middle or the back, and then once it's cleared out, she can come in and kind of do all the cleanup that she needs. And also, I she's, from she lead, might be the best leadership flyer aside from Chas. Yeah, I think from a leadership perspective, it's hard to beat that answer. I mean, look what she does in Alphabet Squadron, just in her general position. And I mean, she's a great pilot. Look at what she does in Rebels. So yeah, dang Eric, good good job. Way Thank to start. You. Who do you have, Charles? Who's leading Saber? So, uh, Saber leader. Well, let me tell you this first. I gave myself some stipulations that you all may not have put on yourself, Ooh. but they affect what my answers are. So, so one, I chose no full-on Jedi. Okay. Oh. Because, okay. Because if if you open that door, then I feel like it'd be hard to argue against anything other than a full squadron of Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Because they have the Force on their side. So I said. None of that. And I also said a pilot has to be in the ship that he or she would be most comfortable flying. So I actually would have never put Hera in a B-Wing. Although of the fighters, that makes sense. So that's what I did there. So without further ado, my leader, which makes sense after my X-Wing series thing, was 
Wedge Antilles. He's in so, an X wing. Super solid. I, I almost chose Wedge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, he he is the leader of Rogue Squadron. I chose him because he's a great pilot. Um, he's one of the only pilots to survive the Death Star trench run. Really, only Luke and that one other uh, Y wing, I think, are the only people that came back from that. And Han, but mm-hmm. he kind of wasn't there. Um, mm-hmm. So I I couldn't think of anyone else. He's very capable throughout the X wing series as a leader as well as a pilot. So. He jumped right to my mind, and I wrote him right down. All right. I love it. Corey, who's rounding us out? Uh, my squadron leader uh, is Poe Dameron. Ooh, as leader? Yes. Wow. And I think wow. I think you will appreciate this. This was completely unintentional. I didn't mean to do this, uh, obviously, because we did that whole pick-your-ship thing like pretty spontaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody in my squadron is flying X-Wing. Oh. Not, I didn't mean to do that, but looking at them, that's what they all fly. So... Yeah, Poe's X-Wing is sick. I think he is a great squadron leader. I don't think he's as great of a like mission leader. Like I agree yeah. with I agree with Leia about the Last Jedi. That was yeah. a bad call. <laughs> Look at the so, beginning of Last Jedi for all the evidence there. Exactly. That was a yeah. bad call. That was a bad call, but as a squadron leader, he he consistently is excellent. Yeah, especially in the comic. So the, yeah, I was going to say the entire comic backs up your choice, but I actually specifically couldn't put him in a leadership position. I bet what we see from him in The Rise of Skywalker will like solidify that choice. Yep. Mm-hmm. But from what we've seen so far, like he's still a little bit too he doesn't have enough foresight. He's all about the bravado, and so yeah. that's why I personally wouldn't put him there, but I like sure. the choice. I respect yeah. the choice. But Corey, I'm going to pick up right on that because Molitor 2 is Poe Dameron in an X-Wing. There you go. I love him, okay. as, I love him right under Hera. I love Hera did, leading Poe Dameron. I think that's a, so, that's a great yeah. team. Did you pick all different ships? Not – Um, I have a couple doubles. I have one double. But, so Poe's in an X-Wing. Same. Same. Okay. Yep. So I'm – for everything Corey said, I agree. I love Poe. I just want him one level below, but I think he still commands a lot of respect. Charles? Two? My number two in an A-Wing – Eric, you will appreciate this, is Will Lark. He yes! is he is second in my squadron, and it's it's very simple. He's an exceptional human being. Uh, he he will serve as the moral compass of my squadron, and I think you need that near the top. So that's my that's answer. Fair. I mean, I love that more than words can say. Well, we've already mentioned my number two, Wedge Antilles. Ooh, ooh, Poe leading Wedge. You can't put Wedge 2. Come on. I did. I said Poe was not. Wedge does not have to be the lead squadron. Wedge is literally read 2 at some point. Behind Luke bleeping Skywalker, not Poe Dameron. There's a large, large I think Poe and Wedge could. I think Poe and Wedge could could battle it out. I think they could. I think they would give each other a run for their money. I don't know who would win in that. Probably Poe. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Poe's a better flyer than Wedge Antilles. Yeah, o- I said obviously. it. Obviously. Blasphemy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Molitor 3. Charles, I do break your rule here. Uh, okay. Because I'm putting uh, Anakin Skywalker in a Jedi Starfighter. Um, I almost picked Anakin. 8 to 2 or whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he's the chosen one. I mean, he's the best flyer. Look at... Is he the chosen one? Yes. Watch Mortis. Are you sure? <laughs> we Absolutely. don't have time for that. <laughs> but, I, but I think that, I mean, Anakin, just pure flying ability. I don't want him as leader or two because he's a little erratic. But especially Clone Wars level Anakin, I mean, just pure flying ability. You can't get better than Anakin Skywalker. I don't think Anakin would do well in a squadron. 
I think he's really. I think I think he's a lone wolf guy, and that's it. He can't like, even I think he's listen your big to Obi He can't yeah, even that's... listen to Obi Wan when he's in his starfighter. He's not going to listen to anyone else. Yeah, I th- he would be the worst team player ever. Oh man, put Harrison Dula with Anakin Skywalker. That would but not. That being well. said. Anakin wouldn't listen, but somehow it would work out, and he would save everyone despite his own antics. And yeah. it would piss so, everyone off to no yeah. end. Yeah, and he'd yeah. walk into the hangar afterwards and be like, "I think that went well." Yeah. <laughs> then Hera hits him in the face with a helmet. It's like follow orders. <laughs> and then Anakin's like, "Well, I guess I'm kind of into that." And then it's a whole different show. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Charles, right. who's who's uh, Saber, who is Saber three? Who is Jason Sindula's father? Um. So. <laughs> Hera has a type, I suppose. Um, I slightly break my own rule, and Corey, take off your headphones or plug your ears or something, because my saber three is Corin Horn. Oh, oh my god! god! Yes, in an excellent. Do that. That's not allowed. I can. And the reason I can do it is because I'm choosing Corin during the X-Wing series time period where he's not <laughs> he has not fully realized his force abilities, which he does have later on. But he is repeatedly shown to be a ridiculously incredible pilot in the X-Wing series, and he is specifically chosen among the Rogue Squadron pilots in that series to do some of the craziest missions, and he pulls them off. At one point, he's he still is, a giant like, douchebag in the, in the series. <laughs> oh though. my goodness! No, he's he is a squeaky clean. He's a squeaky clean guy. Douchebag. He's a squeaky series. clean douche. Like someone insults his mother, and like it goes to his internal dialogue, and it's like. Corin knew he should be angered by that comment, but he rose above it. And then, like, he takes their hand and walks away, and you're just like, that would never happen. Ever. That's some cringy garbage is what that is. Oh, my God. All right, this is officially our best episode ever because of Corin Horn. That's it. Oh, God. All right, Corin, what do you you have, Corin? I mean, Corey. I have. All right, so Victory 3 is going to shoot down Corin Horn, and who's doing it? I have Luke Skywalker, and he will easily do it. Oh. Yeah, that's good. Uh, fly, yeah, flying. <laughs> so here's a question. Here's a question. So you're you putting have... Luke and Wedge behind Poe? What is... Yes. You put that much stock in Poe. Listen, really? Poe is the leader of the squadron, the person that commands and gives the orders. Luke and Wedge are both excellent pilots, but I think Poe would be better, better leaders. Both of them. Better I would actually leaders. agree. Poe is a better leader than Luke. Because I think Luke Luke is a great flyer. Luke's a great Jedi. He's not a great military mind. <laughs> like he's really emotional. He's very emotional. Yeah, yeah and Poe is not lesser. So I'll say Poe's so. lesser. Not po, not not po in the cockpit. Led a mutiny because he was like pissy about something. I don't know about that. Great, great, great uh, summary. Of the last Jedi there, Charles. <laughs> no, like that's that's <laughs> one of the subplots. He's a he acts like a flyboy who can't get his head Why? out of his cockpit, right? All right, all right. So Luke Skywalker is three. I accept that. Um, uh, my wife just told me I'm full of shit from the living room, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, getting us ahead. Molitor four is my boy. My soul brother, Will Lark, in his A-Wing is Molitor 4. Everything Charles said about Will, totally agree. Uh, he's the moral backbone. He's a phenomenal character. He's the best pilot to ever come out of Polinius. Will Lark for life. Simple. Molitor 4. Can't argue with that. Charles, hit us with Saber. Um, 
Saber for, I will keep the Alphabet Squadron train running. I choose Kairos in her U-Wing. <laughs> Why wouldn't I choose Kairos is really the answer, because she is, like, the biggest badass of all time. Mm-hmm. And, again, I wanted to have a flexible squadron in terms of ships and personnel, so I think that it would be nice to have some different ships like a U-Wing. Mm-hmm. And, finally, I just want to say that if my squadron ever found themselves grounded, which is really not uncommon in the stories of Star Wars, I want someone who's capable of handling themselves in hand-to-hand combat, ground combat, and Kairos is just downright scary. Yeah. And aspect. if you have a U-Wing, you can also, like, you can transport if you find refugees or if you need to have ground troopers. I do get that. Or if someone else's ship goes down and they eject, <laughs> yeah. you can take them home. Kairos and in, in, in Will, I've always said Y, I've been saying YL in my head for whatever reason. Um, but Kairos and, and Will are both in Alphabet Squadron for anyone yes. that we didn't yes. Yes. that way. They're tremendous. Yes. All right, Corey, uh, four. My number four hardcore Legends throwback right here, Jaina Solo. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So, do you guys know much about Jaina? Have you read those Legends books with her yet? Only Young Jedi yes. Knights. Okay. And I, only the okay. I've read there. I've read NJO, so I'm familiar with some okay. of her flying abilities. Okay. Um, Jaina in New Jedi Order is an amazing pilot. At like, yeah. uh, in I think it's the first book. Even she, there's like a Lando is running this sort of gambling thing at this big asteroid cluster, and like they have a game where they're in a shielded Tie Fighter, and whoever gets the fastest time, like, can, can survive the longest without bouncing off the asteroids and getting out of there, they they win, right? And yep. Jaina like gets it like all absorbed in the force, and her shields go out, and then she still sets like the record time in the asteroid cluster with no shields in a in a Tie Fighter, and it's um, and she's like twelve too, by the way, which is amazing. right. Well, that's like yeah. the the Legends level superpower Jedi when they're like, it is. Let's let's go nuts. <laughs> It is, yeah. That's classic legend stuff right there. Right. But Jane is a great pilot. She's a good character too. So that's my number four. All right, don't blame it. Uh, to bring us home with Molitor Five, I thought about all kinds of people. I thought about Aiden Versio. I thought about Thane Kybrell. I thought about Sienna Ree. I thought about all kinds of different people. But it did come down <clears throat> to Luke Skywalker in an X-wing because it's Hard, an homage to, to Red Five. He's Molitor Five. That's, that's his number. That's um, and this again is like OT Luke um, being a pilot. Yeah, for everything Corey said, he's he's Luke Flippin' Skywalker. Like, he's a great pilot. I don't think he's a leader, uh, but I think he gets the job done. And I think that he's a nice balance. So I got Hera with the leadership. I got Poe with the fancy flying and still a little bit of a leader role. I got Anakin with the pure power. I got Will with the emotional support, and he's also playing defense on everybody. And then I got Luke bringing up the rear, who's just consistent. So that's Molotor Squadron. <clears throat> okay, uh, to round out Saber Squadron... In an X-Wing is Poe Dameron, where he belongs. <laughs> oh, my God. At the back of the squadron. Oh, my God. Learn, he needs to learn how to follow before he can lead, gentlemen. All right? Not he's at not five. Not yet. Not at five. He no, has not no. learned that yet. Oh, my he's God. He's easily, easily Listen, the most talented of everyone you've named. I cannot wait. I cannot Very wait wrong. <laughs> I cannot wait for listener feedback because you guys are jumping on me for Poe being five when you have got... You have Luke Skywalker. It's an homage to Red Five. I don't care. He would love it. Corey getting shit upon. He's Luke Skywalker. He's Poe Dameron. You cannot put him at five and call me out for Poe at five. I'm calling nonsense. Corey, who's your five? Corin Horn is above Poe Dameron. Oh my god! What is wrong with you, Charles? Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> my number five, bringing home Victory Squadron, is my man, Porkins. What? Oh, my God. You just ruined the whole squadron. I'm so glad I know who to shoot first. <laughs> listen. Porkins. Listen, Porkins is, he's the comedic relief, all right? He, he keeps everybody laughing the whole time. And, and somebody has to die in the cinematic scene in which everyone else survives, all right? This isn't perfect Star Wars. Right. Somebody's got to go. Right. Porkins has got to go. Did it's fine. Get Dude, shot down. Or was yes. He... No, no, no. He I goes, he I'm died. all right. I'm all right. <laughs> no, no, no. I know he died, but did he actually get shot down or was his the one that malfunctioned and he couldn't pull out of the dive? Um, I, I actually, he, you, might, not, you might be right. Not everyone got shot down. That, that's ringing just... some bells. Is that in like from a certain point of view or something? That kind of sounds familiar. So he's that bad of a flyer that he can't pull up. You okay? You're in dodgeball right now, and you Listen, have his, in front of you his inertial dampeners were way too high. All right, you have Jeb Porkins ahead of freaking <laughs> Ian Versio, Plo Koon. Like, listen, I need else. an extra X wing. Okay, leave me alone, Corey. Oh. Even with my even with my extra rules that I put on myself of no Jedi, Porkins has no business in victory squad. <laughs> oh my god, put nine nub in an X wing, you're still gonna do better than Porkins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but oh my God. I, I regret nothing. I have Victory Squadron led by Poe Dameron, uh, followed by Wedge Antilles, Luke Skywalker, Jaina Solo, and Porkins. All right. So, listeners, please, I want to put a poll up after this episode goes out on Twitter. Go check our Twitter. If we remember to do this, we're going to say who had the best squadron, and we'll read it on the it's next me. episode. If you like. 100%. So, one last time, let's go through Molotor Squadron. We have Harrison Dula. Poe Dameron, Anakin Skywalker, Will Lark, Luke Skywalker. All right, Saber Squadron is Wedge Antilles, Will Lark, Corrin Horn, Kairos, and Poe Dameron. And Victory Squad is Poe Dameron, Wedge Antilles, Luke Skywalker, Jaina Solo, and Porkins. All right, so check out our poll, and if we somehow forget to put it up, tweet at us at Living Force Pod. Tell us who you think was the best and who is in your squadron. Uh, no, we did. Get one tweet from Dylan Sasser, at Dylan Sasser, with his squadron, which was Errant Squadron. And this was this was his dream lineup, all right? Anakin Skywalker as the leader. Okay. Lando. Yeah. Poe. Yeah. I forgot about Lando. I forgot about Lando. But also, I haven't seen him in Starfighters. Uh, but could be good. Poe Dameron. Rio, which I thought was a great Rio choice. Was a great Rio was a great choice. a phenomenal yeah, choice. Uh, and then Thane from Lost Stars, which is also a fantastic yeah. choice. Great choice. Mm. So, yeah, Dylan, choice. lots, lots of good expanded universe stuff in there too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Thane again is always going to have a place in my heart because the Lost Stars. I think he was so tremendous in that book, and he's a great flyer. And Anakin leading maybe better than me putting Anakin at three because he can tell everyone what to do. We should put Dylan in the poll too because no. he's got a full squad also. All right, Aaron Squadron's in there. Uh, yeah. So. Vote for your favorite. Give us your best. We'll read some on the show next week if we get them. Now, I know we're running long, but before we get out of here, we had one really good audience question. Um, And it actually came in the form of an email from a listener named Henry. Um, And it's a bit lengthy, but I'm going to read it out, and we want to discuss it because I thought it was really dope. Hi, Eugenie. My name is Henry, and I have been an avid fan of Star Wars for many years. I discovered your podcast and website at the end of April and enjoy listening to you all discuss Star Wars EU. Thanks, Henry. I only recently started delving into the EU through the novels. This April, I picked up Heir to the Empire, after hearing lots of praises for the book. 
I'm currently about halfway through The Last Command. Now, I have really enjoyed the Thrawn trilogy and found an interest in Mara Jade. Her relationship to Palpatine as Emperor's Hand is very intriguing, and her actions in the books are as well. Uh, also, I don't know if you agree, but I have fan-casted Scarlett Johansson as Mara Jade. I don't know. I never really thought about it, but it's not a bad choice. After finishing Last Command, he's going to read Master and Apprentice. Good. Kenobi. Excellent. In our top five. And Survivor's Quest. Which is a very interesting choice. We should come back. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also says his interest in reading Master and Apprentice came from The Living Force. So, glad we could help out. I hope you freaking love that book like we did. Yeah, we sure did. Now, he says, I know that Survivor's Quest focuses on Luke and Mara's relationship, and judging solely by the cover of Choices of One, assuming Mara Jade is heavily featured in it. She is. Now, other than Choices of One and Survivor's Quest, what books and comics do you all recommend I should read that prominently feature Mara Jade, as well as any other recommendations based on his reading list? Thank you, Henry. So thank you, Henry. Yeah, fantastic question. I love getting really long ones like this, especially with lots of details in here because he's got a lot of stuff to digest. And the first thing I will say is I did respond to Henry when I got this. I don't even know if I told you guys this. Um, I did respond to Henry when I got this, and I, I didn't send him a whole lot, just a little bit of recommendations. I pointed him to the Legacy series is actually what I sent him to. Ooh, okay. Uh, the Legacy series heavily features Mara Jade. Uh, she is mm-hmm. absolutely a critical character to that entire story. And she has some very, very key moments in regard to Jason Solo's fall to the dark side. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a very integral character in his uh, in his storyline. So, um, you know, that was the quick answer I gave him. I'm very interested to hear what you guys uh, have to say, if you have even read a lot of stuff with Mara Jade. I haven't read a lot with Mara Jade. All I've read with her, uh, frankly, is the Thrawn trilogy. And she was okay. easily my favorite part of that trilogy as well, which may mm-hmm. be a little heresy to say. Um, I told you guys before, I don't know if I've said this in the podcast, I like Thrawn, but I find him a little too invincible at some points. I find it kind of dull that he's just going to win most of the time. Whereas mm-hmm. Mara was such a complex character, um, she's kind of more like a canon character in that regard. She had a lot of levels and stuff like that. So I, I super enjoyed her in that. But no, I don't know where to go for her. But to the other part of his question, where what else to read? If you end up liking Master and Apprentice Henry, um, go to Dooku Jedi Lost, man. I mean, I think because yeah. that's going to be a lot of cool Force things, um, a lot of Force theory, and a lot of cool character evolution like you find in master and apprentice uh and on the opposite side of that i would also say go read bloodline by claudia gray if you haven't because or lost or lost stars or lost stars uh any claudia gray novels which is the easiest recommendation we can ever give but that's awesome to get more characters like you're going to find a master and apprentice and some more complex storylines uh charles are you a mara jade uh, fan I was going to ask, is mm. Mara Jade, uh, is she in the X-Wing series at all? Ooh, does she yeah. show up ever? No. I no, think she's she, not at all. Um, it's been years since I've read that. Yeah, no, even Luke is only, like, reference really from Wedge remembering his time with him. But okay, no, okay. Dude, he's not, or she's not in there. So, yeah, I mean, I've read Mara Jade from the Thrawn trilogy as well, and I like her a lot as a character, and, and obviously she's back in the New Jedi Order series. Actually, the first thing I want to say to Henry is be careful. Don't Google too much about her i hope you haven't yet just because she does have a really big hand in some stuff later on that maybe you want to get to in the natural progression of the story um so don't spoil yourself good point on her story if you can handle it i think eric and Corey have made really good suggestions you mentioned specifically though in your email choices of one and i do think that that is really meant to be read after the events of allegiance which is um another 
another novel from Timothy Zahn that follows the same characters that I think are in Choices of One, just it takes place slightly beforehand. So I would pick up Allegiance before you do that. Otherwise, I, I think, yeah, you, you probably have a good start from what everyone else has said. Yeah, I totally agree with, with, with all that. I was trying to remember what book it is that she shows up in. I read that book relatively recently. Like, well, in the last five years or so, it's recent for my Legends reading. Um, I can't remember what it was. It might have been... I wonder if it was the Corellian trilogy. That's later. I can't be right. Have you guys? Do you guys have any idea what book it is that she shows up in? I specifically remember this. Like, you probably haven't read it. There's a desert sort of planet, I think, and it's where Mara shows up with Luke, and she's like, "Is there it to Tatooine?" I don't think it's Tatooine. Is it Jedha? No, it's not. Is it Jakku? Ones. Shut up! No. <laughs> I, is it Mara? <laughs> Mara shows up to kill Luke, I think, and it's that classic they both get screwed over and then they have to like work together to survive situation, right? And that happens in the Thrawn what? trilogy. That's the Thrawn trilogy? Yeah, that's the Thrawn trilogy, man. That's, my, my that's wife where she that is. from the other room. She's like, that's the Thrawn trilogy! Just yeah. go get Caitlyn a mic and bring I, her on. <laughs> I know, Caitlyn, you just need she to be on the more than you. Clearly, she does. Yeah, I don't. I, I guess that was the Throne Trilogy. I haven't read that in yeah. so long. It has been literally like book. ten years since I read the yeah. Throne Trilogy. I need to read it yeah. again. Yeah. That was the yeah. Throne Trilogy then. Okay, I didn't yeah. realize that she was introduced in that. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm I'm, I'm wrong then. So yeah, because because uh, Henry mentioned Survivor's Quest, and that's that's a decent bit on, right? I mean, that's obviously when uh, Luke and Mara already have some sort of relationship, mm-hmm. and I think they're well. I don't want to spoil too much for Henry if he's listening, but there are comics that matter too, and I haven't necessarily read all of them. But maybe we can get a be- him a better answer for comics later on. Yeah, I don't. I just I'm just not as well versed in the comics as I feel like I should mm-hmm. be. We should we should take a deep dive into comics at some point. Maybe we can make that a goal for like the second half of 2019 or something, just to really get yeah. into the comics. I but like it like, a lot. I, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Mara Jade is a super important character. I will I will just reiterate the legacy series. I think if you really love Mara Jade, like there's a lot that goes on in that series. But like, if Mara Jade has a series, I think it's the legacy series. Like, because yeah. she's just so important in that. I mean, she's one of many characters, but she's incredibly, incredibly important in that series. And yeah, I think you'd like and, it. Uh, and the Legacy series is a perfect jump, I think, into lots of other stuff. Totally. And Henry, honestly, please, if you do jump into Legacy, if you do end up doing a Claudia Gray deep dive, keep us posted. Uh, <clears throat> send us another email like you did at livingforcepod at com. We'd be happy to keep everyone uh, kind of up to date on your reading list. And if you have... Hmm? So, sorry, the last thing I was going to say, oh, uh, yeah. Henry, is I would uh, just uh, kind of a word of caution. I would be a little um, hesitant to completely advise you to become obsessed with Mara Jade and only read things about her. Like it's, uh, I think a lot of folks tend to do this sometimes when they first get into Star Wars books. They really like a character. They really like an author, and they just read everything there is about that one character, and then they really have trouble jumping to the next thing. Um, you've clearly found a character you really, really like, and you've already started with some really, really great books. I would honestly, if I got to choose what you read next, I would hand you something completely different than, than some of the stuff you're already at master and apprentice Dooku. I would, I would take any of those books that we have in our foundation of books, whether that's Kenobi or lost stars, and let you try something completely different from something you knew you already know that you like, because you can always come back to the stuff that you know you like. That's true. But Star Wars is huge, and there's so much other stuff out there to sort of try to digest and um, 
yeah, just read yeah. read what you love. I mean, if that's Mara Jade, then let it be. But you know, give other things a try. He mentioned he mentioned Kenobi. You mentioned mm-hmm. Kenobi. Yep. I will second Kenobi. Mm. All right, so Kenobi, all these other books. Let us know what you choose, frankly. And if you guys have other um, suggestions for Henry, tweet at us, email us, give us some. Uh, ideas and jump on our discord give each other recommendations we love seeing what our community recommends as well um because man we're all trying to read all this content and there's so much of it we just kind of need a guide so uh i'm going to start the x-wing series this week and next week i'll tell you guys what i'm thinking about that but until that point i think we did it i think we did it guys uh we ran a little long this week on our rogue one episode 11 (laughs) of the living force but I think we've done it. Um, thank you all for listening to our first experimental episode on our new game, on our Alpha Squadron updates, and on our general hilarity and off the rails that happened. Thank you to all of our new followers again. If you are new followers on Twitter, new followers of the podcast, go ahead, subscribe, follow, chat at us. We would love to hear from you. Now, wherever you get your podcasts, Google, uh, Apple, Stitcher, other things uh go ahead subscribe rate and review and tune in every week to hear the crew at utini mostly us talk about the star wars expanded universe um again reviews do help us find new people with the weird algorithm metrics and head over to utini.com after you do that for reviews articles and comprehensive book profiles on every single story in the star wars galaxy as we said earlier our review for alphabet squadron is up so go ahead and check that out if you like if you want your thoughts on the show like henry Email us at livingforcepod at utini.com, tweet at us at livingforcepod, or join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. You can find us personally on Twitter. I am at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD, and Charles is at C. Hankel. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Freddie, our tech wizard who is back from vacation, and Wes, our community manager. Thank you to Corey and Charles for podcasting with, with me, guys. Thank you to the audience for voting for Molotov Squadron as the best squadron that there ever is. And as, oh, we're out of time. We're out of time. I'm sorry. And as it's always. not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Boo, you suck. May the force be with you. All right, Corey, go get your chest shit upon. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Listen, you said that way too close to Eric's outro, and now it's going to have to be in the show. Yeah, it is. Oh, darn. Oh, darn. Gross. That's disgusting. <laughs> Bye, everybody! There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you. Utini.